Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, hello and welcome to Off the Bench. A big two hours of power. Paul Hazelby coming up as you get a smile across your face. My favourite time of the week, Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby. Now, plenty coming up on the program today, but... I've mentioned his name three times. I haven't actually said hello. Hello, Paul Hazelby. How are you, Rob Bieber? I love the intro. The, the two hours of power. I think you've stolen that from me. I think it works, but it's going to be a massive show. We're going to talk to Adam Voges. We've also got Jake Patmore, the youngster from the Port Adelaide Football Club, trying to get himself into the starting 22 for Ken Hinckley's side. And much, much more to talk about, Rob. Absolutely. And we started off, as we always do, with a big call. And you have been... Uh, clawing over numbers to do with Fremantle's draft pick swap. I'm so curious what your big call is going to be regarding this, Hayes. You know I like to go the big call that happens over the weekend, but I'm going to extend it over three years. The (laughs) Fremantle Dockers will win a premiership within three years, provided they nail the AFL National Draft, which is coming up next week. So you want want to lock this in. If they nail those picks, they win. If they nail them. But we won't know if they nail them until it's two or three years down the track. But just hear me out. Yesterday, they were involved in a pick swap with Melbourne and Adelaide. And what it effectively meant is that they moved from pick 10 to pick number 8 this year, which means they've got pick 7, 8, and they get a free hit, basically, on their academy product, Liam Henry, who is ranked between 10 and 15. So they're going to get three picks, essentially, inside the top 15 this year. If in three years' time all of those picks are nailed and they're near A-graders, you put them alongside Brayshaw and Chera, who should be A-graders by that particular stage, you're still going to have Fife at his peak, Walters at his peak, Alex Pierce, if he can stay injury-free, will be an A-grader, Jesse Hogan, if can he can stay injury-free. Now, there's a big question mark there. Rory Lobb is also another potential A-grader. Wilson, of course, coming out of the back line, Joel Hamling. That squad now looks very good to me if you add three A-graders this year. So that's why I'm excited, and that's my big call today. It's a big call to say that Fremantle will be premiership contenders, but I don't think it's actually a big call to say if all three of these players become A-graders and there's two more on the list that become A-graders, you throw five A-graders into most teams and you'd say that they're premiership contenders, wouldn't you? Well, yes, but Fremantle's recruiting with their first pick since 2019 has been very average. So that's saying something. If they can nail it, and there's a few out there, there's a young West Australian out there, Devin Robertson, I think they need to have a look at. Liam Henry, I think, is going to be a very good player in the forward half, uh, a little bit like Michael Walters. And then it comes down to their other pick, whether it's Hayden Young or a Lockie Ash or a Caleb Sarong. They're some of the players that are in the mix for that. But uh, just because you've got high picks doesn't mean you always nail them. Just but ask that's Richard the Tamlin. pressure. Mm. Richard Tamling is one. There's a few others out there. Off the bench, WA Rob Beaver and Paul Hayes will be my big call. I'm going a little bit further into the future as well. Not quite three years, but I'm going to the Olympics next year in 2020. Brett Brown, uh, soon to be announced, I believe, as the coach of the Boomers, taking over from Andre Lamanis. We won't, we won't medal. Oh, we will not. What do you mean we won't medal? medal. We won't medal. Hey, there's, there's too ben many, too many countries in the world that have basketball teams that are too competitive. We will, will not medal. We couldn't medal at the World Cup and the USA finished seventh. You think they're bringing that trash team to the, no, to the Olympics not, next not, but we missed by one free throw. 
Yeah, but you like, missed, didn't you? I know that, but you've got to understand how sport works. You're so close. If Ben Simmons plays in that World Cup, mm. we medal, we win. No, we don't. We, we, don't we have a point guard that can't shoot a three. Having said that, he made his first NBA he three did. in the last 24 hours. What a hours, joke so that is. That's a little how bit of a joke. How can he not but... learn to shoot when that's your full-time job? He actually looked good. The form looked good, and that's a whole other conversation. But we need to get to a break, so... Brett Brown will not lead Australia to a medal in Tokyo 2020. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. So if you disagree, you can get on board and have a go at me then. Off the bench, Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Plenty more still to come. Stick with us. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Just building on Paul Hazelby's big call that if the Dockers nail this draft coming up next week, they will be premiership contenders within three years. We're going to go a little bit of a deeper dive here because you've done your work. You've got the the draft hopefuls in front of you. You want to see all the different machinations and where Fremantle might actually go with these picks apart from Lee and Henry, who, of course, is their academy product. But take us through it, Hayes. Before we get to that, I'm going with another big call. The worst <laughs> is over for the Gold Coast Suns. On the back of the signing yesterday for Jack Lacocious, Ben King a month ago, Isaac Rankin is committed, and they have the first two picks in this year's draft, and they're best mates. So I feel those two will go to Gold Coast. They will stay. They'll get around a group of them of uh, six or seven of their young talent and say, boys, let's take this club somewhere. So I think uh, the climb is starting. Gold Coast will pick Matt Rao with their first pick. Number two will be Noah Anderson, both from the Oakley Chargers, both midfield types. Melbourne are interesting. They've got pick three. Now, Luke Jackson is climbing up the order as we speak, and he could get as high as number three. We know they've got Max Gorn, but he's 28. Well, it's got Braden Bruce. They've got Bruce, but Bruce is no good as a long-term ruckman, in my opinion. He's a stopgap, and I think with Luke Jackson being able to play as a forward and Melbourne not really having a key forward apart from Tom McDonald, he becomes a very viable option for them. At the Giants, they've got pick four, which is Lockie Ash. Now, they traded up, so they wanted to get before their academy pick in Tom Green, who will go at pick five. If Jackson doesn't get selected by Melbourne, I think the Giants will take Jackson because they do not have a developing ruckman on their list, and I think he is the final frontier for them. At number six, it should be Sam Flanders, who the Sydney Swans are pretty keen on. They think he'll replace a Josh Kennedy type. At number seven, it's the Adelaide Crows. Fisher McKayse is tipped to go to that football club. He's a big defender in the mould of Aaron Norton. Then it's up to the Fremantle Dockers. Their first pick, they should take a guy called Hayden Young from the Dandenong Stingrays if he is still available. Skillful halfback, very good by foot. So that's a play that they need. Then their next pick, nine, Devin Robertson, I think is right in the mix and certainly the way I'd be going given his leadership capacity and his inside winning ability. I think he's a logical replacement for a Dave Mundy. So he would be my pick there. Then it falls to Carlton. Caleb Sarong is another one that the Dockers could entertain, but Carlton have the next pick. Melbourne after that with Cody Waitman in their sights and the Hawks are looking at a guy called Brody Kremp. Sorry, Brody Kemp from the Bendigo Pioneers. So there's an understanding, Beeb, of, I think, the top 12 candidates in this year's draft. Very well done, Hayes. But what about some of the local hopes? There's a lot of WA talent in this draft. Yes, Luke Jackson. I think he'll go first here in WA. As I mentioned, Devin Robertson right in the mix. Liam Henry will go to the Fremantle Dockers and Academy pick at some stage. Elijah Taylor, very talented. So look out for him to go in this year's draft quite high. Mitch Georgiades is an interesting one because he hasn't played. He's had a quad injury. But some tell me that if he was fully fit, he's potentially a top 10 pick. Trent Rivers has spent some time at the Fremantle Dockers this week. He's a 
East Romantle player. Also, Jeremy Sharp from East Romantle. Tyrone Thorne, another one from Peel Thunder. And then you've got a few other options. Callum Jamison, uh, Jackson Pryor, who's the son of Michael Pryor. And the Fremantle Doctors have also shown some interest in him. So it'd be an interesting dynamic being coached by your old man. Jake Passini, Trey Rusco, Chad Warner, Jarvis Peanut, Riley Garcia from Swan Districts. Isaiah Butters is an interesting one as well. And then Ben Sokol is a possibility from Subiaco as a mature age player. So there's a bit of an understanding there of all the WA hopefuls in this year's draft. Good luck to all those boys. Such an exciting time in their lives. Do you remember your draft year very, very uh, vividly or is it a bit of a blur? No, I remember it vividly. I uh, had a good season. I was uh, lucky enough to play in the winning WA Championship and the Lark Medalist. So very similar to Devon Robertson going into this draft. In that season, Fremantle had picks two, four and five. So it was, I was going to go high. I knew that and I was um, pretty confident that I was going to get to the Fremantle football <laughs> just strutting club. around Northampton, just strutting your stuff. Is that what you were doing back in the day? No, not in, I was down here in, uh, down here by that stage, living and playing with East Fremantle. But uh, Fremantle, they wanted Matthew Pavlich, but Richmond had the pick in between Fremantle at two and four, and they picked up a guy called Aaron Fiora. So they could have picked myself, they could have picked Matthew Pavlich, but at that stage, they really did want a midfielder. So Fremantle thought if we pick Hazelby at number two, Pavlich will still be there at number four. But it does tell you sometimes the recruiters do get it horribly wrong, <laughs> Rob Beaver. Off the bench, WA, Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you. Plenty still to come. We're going to have a chat with Adam Voges next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. Time now to check in with Western Australia's cricket coach. His name is Adam Voges and the WA side, Hayes, with a big Marsh one-day cup final coming up against Queensland. Voges has been good enough to give us some of his time. Thanks for your time, Voges. Uh, good evening, guys. Voges, obviously it's good to be in the final. You'll be hoping to pick up some silverware come Tuesday. Yeah, incredibly exciting to um, to be able to qualify for the final. Uh, got a little bit close the other day in Adelaide for my liking, but um, nice to nice to come away with a close win, um, which which qualified us for the final. So the guys will take a lot of confidence. We've had a we've had a good campaign and um, yeah, strong strong win to, um, to to make the final. So yeah, looking forward to getting on the plane on Sunday and, and heading over to Brisbane. You'll be playing this final, Voji, at Allen Border Fields. Um, WA not exactly. Uh, unfamiliar with playing these finals in sort of far-flung places. Yeah, it would have been nice to actually host the final. We had to um, we had to do a bit more than what we did against the other Australia to host. But um, yeah, like we said at the time, we're, we're happy to play anywhere um, uh, against any opposition. But yeah, now that we know where we're at, um, yeah, we'll prepare well and and be ready for Queensland. Great to see Nathan Coulton Oil back into some really good form. And that young fella, Cameron Green, he did it again. He's done it twice now, backs against the wall. He's got your two victories. Yeah, that's right. He was exceptional, uh, Cameron, to come in at, at seven for 90-odd, I think it was, in our innings. and uh, Sorry, five for 90-odd and, and, and um, in a bit of trouble to have the maturity for a 20-year-old to be able to take the innings as deep as he did. I think he got out with two or three overs to go and ended up getting us to a really competitive total um, on that wicket. And then, yeah, Nathan came out, took some early wickets, bowled, bowled with some good pace and, and swung the ball and um, ripped open their top order. So, um, yeah, a couple of really strong performances by those guys. And, um, yeah, um, it was good to see. Cameron Green didn't bowl in that game. Uh, how's his progression coming from that back injury? 
Yeah, we're still managing that. Um, again, we're really mindful that he's a, a 20-year-old kid who's um, already had a couple of stress fractures in his short career. And um, while he doesn't have one at the moment, um, there is there is a little bit of heat there. And so we just need to give him a little bit of time for that to settle down. Um, there's no exact science with this, but um, uh, we've learned our lessons from the past that mm-hmm. if, if you push particularly the young kids too too hard too quickly, then um, then they tend to break. So we'll give him a little bit more time and um, yeah, hopefully he'll be up and, and bowling uh, before the end of the year. Voji, how do you manage the expectations that people have of Cam Green? Because he seems to have thrust his name up into the spotlight very early on in his career. Yeah, yeah um, oh, look, we, we keep it... Um, pretty real uh, at training for him. Um, yeah, look, he, he's done really well in the last couple of games, but um, he understands that he's holding his own as a batsman at the moment and, and needs to continue to be able to put in some good performances. But, um, yeah, we, we'll just continue to help him develop. Um, it'll take a lot of confidence out of what he's done in the last few weeks and, and hopefully he can continue to put some good performances on the board for us. How's Ashton uh, Agar after dropping that catch, Boji? Yeah, he's going really well. He's um, he's passed all his concussion uh, protocols and um, he'll have a, a light hit out at training tomorrow. So uh, he's been and seen the plastic surgeon as well and, and fixed up any scarring that was there. So um, he's got a wedding next year to, to look forward to. But um, no, he's he's in good spirits. He's, he's ready to go and he'll be available for the final. Any catching practice for him? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one when you're falling over at the same time, hey? but, um it probably makes it even worse when it's your little brother who hits it at you. But um, yeah, look, he um, yeah he was he came off the ground. He still had blood pouring from his head, and all he could say was sorry for dropping the catch. So um, yeah, it's one of those unfortunate incidences. He's one of our better fielders, but um, no, he's he's fine and good to go. Adam Voges joining us here on Off the Bench. Stay with us. He'll hang around. We hope you do too. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. We have the WA cricket coach still on the line, Adam Voges. Good enough to join us, Hayes. AJ Ty, anything you can give us an update on with his injury? Yeah, I caught up with AJ yesterday and um, he's in a brace at the moment and um, it's just going to be a bit of a slow uh, rehab for for him. It's it's obviously a big blow in, in terms of um, not being available for the final and then um, there's a, a chance he'll miss a fair chunk of the uh, of the BBL as well with the scorches. So uh, it's unfortunate timing for AJ, um, but he's in he's in good spirits as well, and um, he'll uh, he'll be in the brace for another couple of weeks and then and then start rehabbing that elbow. So um, fingers crossed that Scorchers fans might get to see him right at the back end of the big bash, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you might be chasing uh, some new bowling stocks given some of those injuries, and there's rumours floating around that. Chris Jordan has signed with the Scorchers. Is there anything you can tell us? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, look, um, yeah, we, we, we did have to change our tact in terms of um, what we were looking for in our second overseas player um, with with both AJ and Jason Berendorf, unfortunately, getting injured. So, um, yeah, we've been in conversations and um, the mail's probably not miles off the mark, but um, there'll be some confirmation later in the week. What about some of the youngsters coming through, some grade cricket performances and also the second 11? Anything uh, of note? Yeah, our second 11 had a, had a terrific win against Tassie, wrapped it up in three days yesterday. Um, some really good performances uh, Hilton Cartwright scored 235, I think it was, and, and Jake Carter 
young opening batsman scored 236. I think he might have pipped him by a run. So, um, yeah, a couple of really strong performances in the second 11. Joel Paris took seven wickets in that game as well, so um, in his first game back from injury. So there, there's some really good signs there, some guys really pushing hard. We have a, a Shield game starting against South Australia on Friday after the final. So, um, yeah, look, always nice when you see a couple of the guys putting in those sort of performances. Great to be in the Marsh Cup final, but we did have a few callers ring in uh, about a week ago. They're not happy with another collapse in the Sheffield Shield against New South Wales. I know it was like being Pakistan because it was the Australian bowling lineup, but uh, you would have been disappointed with that collapse. Yeah, we were. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, Look, it's um, a dry spinning SCG wicket um, with some uh, a pretty handy pace attack that was getting the ball to reverse swing. Um, that were some pretty difficult conditions in in um, in areas that our, or conditions that our guys don't necessarily um, get exposed to a lot. So, um, yeah, it was certainly disappointing. Um, we um, we we weren't as good as what we would have hoped to be, albeit against a, a pretty handy attack. But um, yeah, we need to learn. Our lessons from that game, we need to be able to learn to, to play better in those conditions as well. So uh, we'll take some lessons out of that um, and, and dust ourselves off. We've got a, a really big game against South Australia next week. Your immediate focus, of course, though, is on the Marsh One Day Cup final. Just confirming that Cameron Bancroft will be made available after not playing in the first test for Australia? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Just got off the phone with, with the, the Aussie coach and he's confirmed that We'll have uh, Bangers available, uh, which is great. He's been one of our leading run scorers in, in the Marsh Cup this year, and he'll certainly bring some stability to our top order as well. So, um, yeah, really nice to um, to have him back in the squad, and uh, it will give me another selection headache. Adam Voges, the WA cricket coach, good enough to join us. We really appreciate his time. Plenty more still to come here on Off the Bench. Stay with us. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. We're going to turn our attention to rugby and uh, the big news from the week. And uh, it's fair to say, Hayes, that Australian rugby has been in turmoil, might be a little bit strong, but hasn't been in a great place, especially post the World Cup. Uh, and we have a new coach of our national side, the Wallabies, Dave Rennie, a New Zealander. It didn't go well the last time we had a Kiwi in charge, did it? No, it did. Well, look, it depends how you uh, rate it. He's actually done better than the outgoing coach through that period, but it's just your expectations of how you want them to go. As we know here in Australia, it's been a long time since we've actually won a World Cup, so I think that's the measurement almost of success. I don't mind the appointment if he's the best guy for the job. I was impressed with some of his comments about ingraining himself in the culture of Australia. I think that's important and we've seen some coaches Jose Mourinho is one that went to Manchester United and uh, he didn't get involved in their culture <laughs> at all. The hotel, didn't he, he got a hotel for the whole time <laughs> that he was there so that's not good enough but it has been in trouble and I think uh, it's not just about the coach that's one pillar but I think here in Australia they need to improve a few fundamental things that uh, with our grassroots system and also our competitions what Aspect Global Rapid Rugby has to do with that. I'm not sure. I think that's still going to find its place in the coming years. But um, Dave Rennie, good history up until this point, being a New Zealander and also working with some of the elite teams out of England. Raylene Castle, who's obviously at the very, very top of the tree when it comes to Rugby Australia, in the press release when this was announced, said um, we did a lot of analysis on, on people and he was the best person from a wide field. But... The information that I've been getting from certain people suggests that there weren't many, if if any, other people other than Dave actually interviewed. A lot of people doing analysis and looking into records and resumes and things, but 
do you think the net was actually cast wide or did you think they kind of went, well, we can't get Eddie Jones back, so let's just go for this guy and let's get this appointment done now because there's been a lot of turmoil with Michael Checker, the outgoing coach, especially when it comes to a guy like Cameron Klein, who has, of course, said that he won't actually stand for re-election at the start of next year. Is this just a new leaf for Rugby Australia going forward? Given that um, they'd been in talks for a while, that uh, Dave Rennie was approached for the New Zealand job as well, but he said he was a long way down the track with the Wallabies. So it suggests that discussions have been going on a long way before um, Michael Checker was given his marching orders at the end of the World Cup. Look, rugby's a little bit different. It's not like the AFL where each AFL club has probably two or three assistants that you could interview for a vacant coaching position. If you look around the landscape in Australia, there's only four teams in the Super Rugby competition and then you look out at some of the other teams um, that have been coached by guys like Dave Rennie. So I think you can do your due diligence on a number of the main applicants without actually going through a process of interviewing all of them. Off the bench, Rob Beaver, Paul Hayes will be with you. We're going to come back next, and it's going to be the dig, Hayes. And uh, I'm taking the new ball. I've decided I've got a good one. I'm going to roll with it after this. Off the bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. The dig. Dial before you dig. The essential first step. Don't dig yourself into a hole. You can lodge a free dial before you dig and inquiry. Hayes, time for the dig i'm taking the new ball i've just decided i'm gonna do that that can be your dig if you want but charlie kerner we all know what's happened he's had a few little injuries the one playing basketball which uh had an issue with his kneecap i believe it was and then what happens during the week hazy comes out I'll, I'll miss three to four months again from what from slipping on a tile at home do you believe it? Not even remotely this screams jeremy house with the dog or the frisbee or whatever that situation was Carlton, tell us what happened, because I'm not buying the fact that he slipped on some tiles and that put undue strain on his quad and then his kneecap wasn't fully recovered and the, the pressure went down. No, 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 no. You can you can justify it with all the sports science you want. It's crap. Carlton, tell us what really happened because they were on track for a good 2020 and if they're, they're missing a guy like Kerno, structurally, he's probably the most important player apart from maybe Doherty and that's a whole other scenario. So Carlton, you're my dig. Tell us what really happened. I'm not buying that he slipped on some tiles and there was a transference of pressure from his quad to his kneecap. Hayes? Good one by you, Beaver. It drastically changes their fortunes, I think, in 2020. And originally, David Teague was happy for him to play basketball, but I just think clubs on the back of Ollie Wines last year just need to rethink what players do throughout their off-season. Now, I'm having a dig at the governing body of tennis. Now, we've lost our Hotman Cup. It's gone. And now we've lost the Davis Cup as we know it. Did you know, Beeb, that we've been playing in Davis Cup over the last couple of days? I knew, but I didn't know anything else about it. I know there's a new format, but what that new format is is completely up in the air. I've got no idea. We grew up loving the Davis Cup competition. It was about our players being selected to represent Australia to play five sets, and the home and away ties were a big part of that. And we saw it at its best when it was here with the Fed Cup team. Saw the crowd there at RAC Arena. The whole country got behind the Aussies. Well, now it's a new format, and the reasons it's a new format, it's all about money. And they're playing it in the one venue. All the teams are going there, and it's about a seven to ten day competition and that's it and if you do want to know how we went we actually got knocked out you wouldn't even see it in the news because nobody actually cares about davis cup because of this new format we lost to canada of all countries as well was it Um, meant to be like the world cup of tennis is that the way it was sort of 
Yeah, look, there's another one that's coming up, which is a men's event, which has taken over the Hopman Cup. And that is, so you don't even know the the communication around it. And we work in sport. Um, That is a competition for men to play in. And they'll be playing it in three different states. We've got a team here in Western Australia where... Rafael Nadal is coming down. Roger Federer has pulled out of that one, so I think it's only a matter of time until players start to pull out of that. But I think there is ranking points, which is the incentive for them. And you love your ranking points. So that's the incentive for them to play in that competition. But Davis Cup, as we know it, it's dead and buried. And there's, Do you know what? There's a lot of things that frustrate me about the game of tennis, but five-set matches is not one of them. Five-set epics is probably the best thing about tennis. Australian Open, late at night, midnight, 2 a.m., whatever it is, watching Leighton Hewitt, some of the fondest memories I have uh, in the game of tennis and getting rid of five-set matches. That's I mm. understand the world's going towards quicker, small, smaller attention spans, but five-set epics are what we want. I, I can't believe that. I can believe they've gotten rid of it, but I'm un- unhappy about it, Hayes. So maybe that's a completely separate dig. Off the bench, Rob Beaver and Paul Hayes will be with you. We flagged this off the top of the show, but Brett Brown will be the new coach of the Boomers. Hayes and I do a deep dive into that next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Yes, welcome back to Off the Bench. Now we're turning our attention to basketball. Now, basketball expert is Rob Beaver, and we're going to talk about the new Boomers coach. What did you make of Andre Lamanis moving out and Brett Brown moving in? Uh, first off, didn't see it coming. I think first and foremost, Lamanis is still contracted uh, to coach the Boomers at the 2020 Olympics, and I think he thought thoroughly following the World Cup, that he would get that uh, one more chance to try and medal with the Australian Boomers. Did he try and orchestrate this or not? Because my understanding is that he actually put the feelers out to get Brett Brown into the role. I haven't heard anything that's confirmed that. I'd, I'd actually be surprised if he did. I would think that Lamanis would have wanted that extra chance to try and medal um, for the Boomers with him as the senior coach. But having said that, if you're Basketball Australia, I, I think this is a great move for... Uh, The Boomers, you get a guy like Brett Browning who's obviously already led the Boomers, had a long relationship with the Australian basketball and their system, so I think it's a great decision. And um, Andrew Bogut came out in defence of Andre Lamana saying it's been the best four-year period in uh, Australian basketball history. Do you believe in that? I think it's you can definitely make an argument for it. You could easily say that Lamanis has had the most talent available to him of any of the Australian basketball coaches over the last, let's say, 30 years, roughly. Um, but for what it's worth, yeah, we, we've come fourth twice. You look at Paddy Mills, he missed a free throw uh, in the World Cup. He's 86% from the free throw line in his NBA career, which has spanned well over a decade now. So a 14% chance that he misses that. He just happened to miss that at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So within the free throw of uh, a medal, pretty much twice, more or less. We were really close at Rio, of course, and, and then we come up against Spain in the World Cup as well and, and not able to make it work there. But Brett Brown, I think, is the right choice. You look at... A guy like Ben Simmons, who committed to playing in the World Cup, then, of course, pulled out. Yona Bolden played in the exhibition match here in Perth against Canada. He then decided that he wasn't happy with the rotations or the minutes that he was getting allotted uh, with the Boomers' side. And he thought, well, I can do better than this in terms of developing my game as an NBA offseason. So he went back to uh, America as well. But a guy like Brett Brown, not only does he coach Ben Simmons and Yona Bolden over in the, the NBA with the 76ers, but... I think understanding the resources, facilities and the types of things that these guys want off the court as much as uh, the knowledge on the court is probably the big uh, advantage that he has. Not to say Lamanis was bad in any way, shape or form, but Ben Simmons has previously come out and said that the facilities, uh, the resources, the training, the, the different equipment that they have, things of that nature, the medical staff, not up to scratch of where he wants to see them. And hopefully a guy like Brett Brown coming in, knowing these NBA athletes will know what this is what they want, this is what they expect. 
And Ben, hopefully, if you have an issue with what we're providing, let me know and we can go forward and fix it. That's one part of it. But how much about this is to do with Ben Simmons because of oh, the I, I potential it... fractured relationship with Lamanus due to leaving him out of the team uh, when he was an 18-year-old and Brett Brown, clearly a better relationship. Yeah, Brett Brown's got a better relationship with him. I think that's fair to say. And I would say it's at least 50% about Ben mm. Simmons. I don't think Ben Simmons makes the Boomers a 50% better team or improves their ceiling by 50%, but I think you need guys with NBA experience, guys who have been to the playoffs, because there's no way to really simulate a medal match or a qualification match in the Olympics, but you go to the NBA playoffs, that's probably the closest you can get. The NBL is good, and and that has its role as well, but if you can put out a team full of mostly NBA talent, there's a good chance you'll be top five uh, at the Olympics. There's just the simple fact is that not many teams have NBA players or a full team of NBA players apart from maybe the US, uh, Canada, Serbia and Spain to an degree as well. So I'm a bit confused by you, Robert Beaver, because off the top you said they won't medal. They won't. And then you've just said it's a good appointment. Well, it's a good appointment, but they won't medal. The, the reality is that there's a bit like the AFL every year. We have eight final spots. We have 10 to 12 teams that we're trying to fit into eight spots. That's so the same deal here. You've got three medals. That's all there ever is, gold, silver, and bronze. You've got the USA. You've got Spain. You've got Lithuania. You've got Serbia. You've got Canada. You've got Australia. There's a whole host of other countries you can throw into that mix as well if they have good runs. Argentina was one that did really well in the World Cup that I didn't mention in that as well. So it's more just a, a percentage thing. I, I don't think the Australians are going to medal in Tokyo. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. Having said that, I think Brett Brown is a fantastic appointment regardless. If you can get Ben Simmons to play in the Olympics, then I think Brett Brown is well worth his appointment in the first place. Good work by you, Rob Beaver. Take a break and then come back into the host chair because Jake Patmore from Port Adelaide is coming up next. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Rob Beaver, Paul Hazelby with you. It is time to check in with a man who is WA born and bred. He was drafted to the Port Adelaide Football Club a couple of seasons ago. He hasn't had the best run of luck so far, Hayes, with injury, uh, but we're hoping that changes in 2020. We're talking, of course, of Jake Patmore from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. He's good enough to join us. Jake, thanks for your time. No worries. Happy to be here, lads. Jake, uh, let's start, uh, I suppose, in what's been a disappointing 2019 for you, the ACL injury. Not what you would have wanted, but uh, I'm sure you've been hitting the the recovery sessions pretty hard. Whereabouts are you at, and when can we expect you back on the park? Yeah, no, it's going really well. I'm on track to play round one, so I'm very excited. Um, Yeah, obviously, very frustrating year, but it's just good to be at the back end of it now and just, like, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. What about as a whole? How have you enjoyed your time over there in Adelaide? It's always difficult to leave as a very young man, but you've got to grow up pretty quickly in this business. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was really easy with my dad being over here and stuff, so I've got a lot of family connections, which was nice. But, um, yeah, I guess it's hard leaving family and friends back home, but settled in really well, and I'm enjoying my time here. We know we're going to have another bunch of youngsters that have to move across the country next week. Uh, any advice you'd give to some of the new draftees? Um, I reckon just soak it all in. It's just such a whirlwind and you just got to listen to everyone that you come into contact with, especially like at the club. You kind of just have to block out the noise of the public and the media and stuff. But yeah, just listen to your coaches and your teammates and just make sure you're not too arrogant going into it, I reckon. That's important. Now, players, they do build strong relationships with other teammates. But what about for you? Who have been some of the senior players that you've built the strongest relationship with so far? 
Um, I reckon Trav Bloke, he's been my mentor for most of my time at the club. So, yeah, he's helped me out a lot along the way. Um, Hamish Hartlett as well. He's been helping me with my injury rehab as he did his ACL midway through 2000, my first year, 2018. So, yeah, those two are a big help for me so far. And speaking of Travis Boke, it must be great to be able to get up close and personal with some of these guys because he had a fantastic season in 2019, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. He was. We had a big chat at the start of the year about how he's just unfinished and how people had written him off. And he definitely came out with the right attitude and played really well. So, yeah, it was very exciting to see and I can't wait to play alongside him next year. And Jake, uh, we touched on this off the top, but obviously not the season that you would have liked to have had. Take us through, the, I suppose, the emotions or, or the thoughts from your season this year, given the fact that you have been out with that ACL. Yeah, I guess it would just all happen so quickly. I didn't really know what to feel. Um, but yeah, I was obviously playing in the second practice match. So, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to do much throughout the year. But, yeah, I guess for me it was just because it happened so fast, I didn't really have enough time to really think about it or anything like that. So, yeah, that's probably the main thing that's got me through is just, I guess, playing footy again. And especially with the backing of the club and putting faith in me to sign on for another year is really good. Jake Patmore from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. He will stay with us here on Off The Bench. WA Local, stick with us. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby with you. We're still chatting with the Port Adelaide Football Club's Jake Patmore, a WA boy who's been over there uh, toiling away with some injury, unfortunately. And Jake, uh, it must have been at times, I suppose, a little bit disheartening to see that Port Adelaide went through a a little bit of a a list demographic change. Some of the young guys came in and there were definitely some spots up for grabs. But unfortunately, due to your injury, you, you probably weren't in contention for them. Yeah, I guess it's hard, obviously, seeing other people play when you think you could be out there yourself but um I just stayed there supporting the rest of the boys and that's all you can really do when you're in rehab so yeah I just helped support as much as I could especially with the Magpies trying to get down to as many games as I've got a lot of mates at the club that had phenomenal years so it's good to just see them and their success and hopefully I get the same thing next year. And what is coach Kenny Hinckley saying to you privately when you have your discussions about the year of course you want to get your body right but once that happens uh, is there a spot available? Yeah, I guess there is, especially with, obviously, the unfortunate thing of Sam Gray going out of the team, but that opens up a spot down forward. But, yeah, I guess I'd love to see what happens with the midfield roles and stuff and get a bit of time in there in the sample maybe and push my case. But, yeah, I guess I'm not really thinking too far ahead at the moment, just trying to get my body right and stay fit and stay out on the track. How's your rehab buddy going, Jack Watts? I imagine you spent a lot of time with him this season, of course. He's been through his own individual challenges, but he was playing some good footy at the start of the year. But how's he progressing back from his injury so far? Yeah, no, he's been another real big help for me. I guess he did it, broke his leg probably two weeks after I did my ACL. So, yeah, we've been in rehab the whole time together. And I guess just ticking all the boxes that we can. And we've been in every session together from the start of the year. So, yeah, it's been really good having the, him there and also Charlie Dixon at the start of the year when I did my leg was coming back from a broken leg as well. So those two have been a big help. Every preseason, there's always two or three players that are just burning up the track that are just saying, this is going to be my season in 2020. Who is it at your club right now? Um, there's quite a few boys, actually. Everyone's come back in really good nick. We've got our um, 
three-kilometre time trial tomorrow, so that would probably give a good indication who's come back in really good, Nick. But um, one of the young boys, Zach Butters, has been running really well and, yeah, exciting to see him back in full flight after having an operation on his shoulder. How much emphasis has the club put on the history, the 150-year celebration that they're about to embark on? Um, Yeah, quite a bit. We had a special presentation of our jumpers and the logo and stuff at our Best in Ferris last year. So we got first glimpse of that, which was awesome. And, yeah, I guess we're just a proud club. So anything, every year we're trying to win premierships. So I guess this is just like the rest of them. But obviously it's a big milestone. Did you get a chance to get away through the off-season? Um, yeah, a little bit. I went back back up to WA. I drove from Perth to Broome with my girlfriend, actually, which was really nice. Stopped at Coral Bay on the way down. And, yeah, no, that was a bit of a good trip. Just two weeks away, which was nice. Took us a lot longer than 24 hours, where we stopped at quite a few <laughs> places on the way and just took our time and took in the scenes. Jake Patmore from the Port Adelaide Footy Club there. We really appreciate his time and we wish him all the best of luck when it comes to the remainder of his rehab. And hopefully, Hayes, he's out on the park in 2024, the Port Adelaide Football Club. Rob Beaver, Paul Hayes will be here on Off the Bench. Plenty more still to come. Stick with us. Off the Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off the Bench. And uh, for Bowls WA, who is on a roll? You can visit your local club. Uh, gotta love the bolo.com.au. So the bolo, B-O-W-L-O, Hayes. Don't forget the O on the end of there. Gotta love the bolo.com.au. And uh, checking in with the latest in the world of bowls, we turn to our bowls correspondent, Joe Criddle, who's up there in Geraldton. Uh, g'day, Joe. Good day, my friends. How are we going? Very, very well, mate. Uh, now talk to us about Dongara, their best start in history of a club to remain undefeated after eight rounds. Yeah, no, they've done uh, very, very, uh, very well this year, the Denison boys. So eight in a row they've got. So they're sitting nice and uh, safe on top of the table here in the uh, Batavia Bowling League. Um, we have to go back to the uh, the mid-80s for the last time that Dongara had a roll like this. And they had seven games in succession back then. And... Uh, they were the uh, the cream of the crop back in those days. They won the five premierships out of uh, seven years. So they were on song there. And this year, Denison, eight games in a row. So uh, going along very well. They've only got three rinks in the uh, the total of uh, matches played so far. So they've played 24 rinks of bowls and dropped just the three. So uh, fantastic effort by the Denison Bowling Club. Um, this year, they've reverted back to one, one side in both first and second division, which is... Um, I suppose it's good for the club in one in one turn, I suppose, because they're sitting on top of the table, but there's a few of the lads down there that are missing out on a weekly basis, so that's not a good thing. But uh, success brings um, people back to the uh, the venue, so hopefully next year they can get back to their two clubs, or their two sides in each of the clubs, and uh, go pretty well. Everybody loves a winner, Joe, and also Mullawar uh, storming into third position. Look, the old saying, that's a great success story, mate, uh, Lordy Morgan and the boys, uh, there's a few ex-Chapman um, Valley footballers over there. They've got a, a couple of ex-Waffle players, and Johnny Sims used to uh, run around for Rich Mantle back in the day. He did, yeah. Remember and Johnny? Mick Thompson. Yeah, great fella, great sportsman. And, uh, yeah, so him and Mickey Thompson. Um, I don't know who Mick played for in the Waffle, but he uh, he come back into Jordan in about the 80s, 90s and coached... Uh, Rovers, and I think he went out to the Valley and had a bit of a run out with those boys too, Brigades. 
So look, they've got a bit of a nucleus of sports people there. There's 14 of them that uh, actually live in the uh, the city area, uh, but the Saints fantastic. Last year they made the uh, the finals for the first time in 30 years. They've only won one premiership, and these boys are uh, they've got it in their mind to add another one to it, and they're going along very very well, and it's great to see. Mate, uh, now just quickly before we let you go, Young Motors, there's a sponsored open pairs event at the Geraldton Club this Sunday with a, a full book of sides, I believe. It's uh, fantastic here. Yeah, the Batavia Bowling League, and that uh, incorporates clubs all over the, the Midwest region, so Mullawar, Northampton, Denison, Jordan and Wantella. So 36 sides is the capacity that the uh, the club can hold. And uh, Young Motors being a great supporter of bowls in the Midwest region and and uh, other sports too, not just bowls. But, um, yeah, so it's fantastic to see uh, all the boys rock up and 36 sides. Should be a great afternoon or great day. Start Sunday morning and presentations late Saturday afternoon. It was late Sunday afternoon, sorry. Um, should be a great, great day and uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, Bowls WA, who's on a roll? Thanks to Bowls WA, you can head to your nearest Bowls club and get involved. Visit gottolovethebolo.com.au. Joe Criddle, really appreciate your time. We'll chat to you again next week. Fantastic, guys. Thank you very, very much. Joe Griddle there catching up with us here on Off The Bench. Stay with us, Nathan Brown, with all the latest odds ahead of the weekend here on Off The Bench. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Time now to check in with Sports Bets uh, for the latest in the world of betting. You can check out Sports Bets new same race multis today. Combine selections from the same race in one bet for bigger odds. You can gamble responsibly with Sports Bet as well. Call 1-800-858-858 if gambling is an issue for you. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, can't wait for this weekend's racing. We've got uh, the Group 1 Railway over in Perth, and uh, it's going to be a, ra- a ripper of a race. And, uh, look, let's go through the market at the moment. Tell them we're coming has been the big mover, number seven. It was $8 at the opening, touched $4.80. It's now $5, and battling for favouritism with the Velvet King, which is $5.50. As you head down to Gatting, number one, which is $11, which is a Group 1 winning horse, Gatting, so it has to be respected. But so far, all the smart money has been on number seven. Tell them we're coming. Uh, so $5 at the moment. I reckon it might shorten a little bit more. What about the uh, Ballarat Cup over the weekend, mate? Yeah, Ballarat Cup is going to be a cracking race too. 2,000 metres. Dr. Drill is the favourite, $3.50. It's come in from about $4.80, but there's been some scratchings to the favourite. So the favourite has gone out, which was Harbour Views, which was probably the best bet of the weekend, but couldn't get a start. 50 stars at $5.50 and then $9.50 for WT. But we think there's some value around in the racing over the weekend. And race seven, number 15, just the halo, $15 each way. Our traders have identified as a pretty good bet. We don't mind that one. Um, and then to kick off your day in race number one, Tiara starts about $11 to go each way at the moment, and our very, very best of the day at Ballarat comes up in race two. That is the shortest of the day, which is Bams on fire, 235 into $2.05 already. WA versus Queensland, the Marsh One Day Cup final early next week. What are the markets looking like? WA $1.80, Queensland $2. So pretty even at the moment. Not a lot of betting going through it at the moment, but $1.80, $2. Western Australia, the slight favourites in that one. You'd expect us some more markets to pop up over the weekend as well. And uh, finally, mate, some A-leg glory in action against Sydney FC. It's a grand final rematch. Yeah, this one is going to be a cracker as well. Uh, Perth glory. 
And they're $2.70, Sydney FC, $2.63. So obviously uh, very, very close in the market. Then the draw is $3.50. So Perth Glory, $2.70, $3.50 the draw, and Sydney FC, $2.63. So if you're going to have a punt over the weekend on any of this, do so responsibly, please. Nathan Brown from Sportsbest joining us here on Off The Bench. Uh, plenty more still to come. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. Off The Bench with Paul Hazelby and Rob Beaver. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Rob Beaver and Paul Hazelby and Hayes. A big, big weekend of sport coming up. We've covered a lot of it on the show so far, but still a few things that we haven't talked about. Yeah, look, been enjoying the cricket. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. Sitting back and watching that as Australia head towards a big lead in the first innings. Now, what about across the weekend? Uh, the Wildcats, they're playing Cairns. Another road trip for the Wildcats as well. Uh, beaten by this team last time, so they'll be out to exact revenge. Hey, absolutely. So they got absolutely punked uh, at RSC Arena. I think it was close to 30 points in round three by the Cairns Taipans. That was their first win of the season for Cairns, so a really solid win for them. They've been really up and down. They've had good games and bad games. Had not a lot of wins so far this season, but the Wildcats looking to head over to the jungle and uh, take care of Cairns on their home floor. And as you said, this is, I think, the sixth consecutive road game, but only the mm. one game this weekend for the Wildcats, so a little bit easier on the travel schedule, which is nice. And the other game I'm looking forward to this weekend is the Perth Glory taking on Sydney FC. This is a replay of the grand final. Unfortunately, we didn't get it done in the grand final, but I get the sense it's time now. It's the... D-Day for the Perth Glory. They need to get the three points against Sydney FC. Never easy because they're the benchmark in the A-League competition, but it's time for Economides, Fornaroli and Castro and Wande to start working together in the forward half and get some points on the board for the Perth Glory. Yeah, three draws already in this season, so not the way you would have liked it. If those were three wins, you'd easily say the Glory look like the best team in the competition. The Champions, though, versus the Premiers, a little Mm. bit of revenge here. And it's interesting, I think, always the debate between, if you look at uh, soccer or the round ball code of football, if you like to call it that, the way that uh, teams in Europe obviously value consistency and finishing on top of the table more than they do a grand final because a lot of these places don't have grand finals. That's a very Australian thing that's brought into a sport like soccer. So it'll be interesting to see which team comes out on top. I think, unfortunately, I don't think the glory in the best run of form at the moment probably haven't quite found the chemistry mix that they need, especially going forward. So I think Sydney FC will get up. But who knows? It's uh, on the day. The Glory could come out and surprise us, and hopefully the Glory can take home three points. What's on for you this weekend, Beef? Big weekend of absolutely nothing. No, I might go to the Beer and uh, Beef Festival, mm. which would be good out here at Burswood Park. Looking forward to uh, potentially going and sampling some of WA's finest produce there from uh, both the beer and the beef. Have you, you got tickets? Have you no, I haven't. Uh, got, I, I, I do love beer. I love beef <laughs> as well. So it sounds like a good event. I don't love crowds, though. Is there going to be a big crowd oh, there? I think there'll be a crowd there, Hayes. You don't want to get recognised too much, do you? Any dates for you this weekend? No, 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 no. Well, once we finish this show, I might have one, but I'm not sure. We <laughs> have to lock that one in. So we'll see what happens over the rest of the weekend. That has been another big edition of Off the Bench. We spoke to Adam Voges. We just Discussed Brett Brown's appointment, Dave Rennie's appointment as well. The dig I took aim at the Carlton Footy Club for not telling us what really happened with Charlie Kerno and Hayes. You weren't happy with the Davis Cup and everything happening in the world of tennis. It's been another big show. Thank you for your company here on Off the Bench. Hayes, thanks to you once again. Good on you, Beaver. Enjoy your weekend and we look forward to your company next Friday here on Off the Bench. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.